Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hello, my name is Rochelle Lucero, and I'm the host of the Clumsy Theosis podcast. I have to say that I have missed you over my summer break this year. It has been a godsend for me to be able to send out the weekly emails because I feel like I still have a lifeline and I'm still able to connect with all of you who are on my email list. If you noticed, if you follow me on social media, I really took a break from that over my break so that I could just like, you know, reconfigure mentally. You know what I mean? And I really liked the fruit of that. So just to give you a heads up, I'm not sure if I'm going to be posting as frequently. So sign up for my email so you can stay in the know and know what's going on and what I'm doing and also get the episodes emailed to you every week. I have had a lot of fun with my patrons over this last month. They were still getting content once a week in the form of little video episodes that were pretty informal, and I've kind of been using them as little guinea pigs, you know, with the videos and also sending them digital resources over the last couple of months. And speaking of patrons and donations, a big thank you to Alex. Alex is our most recent donor. You can also donate to Clumsy Theosis and help this ministry grow and to thrive if it has been a benefit to you. All you have to do is go to clumsytheosis.net and then click the word donate in the menu. I will be very grateful for any donation that you are able to give. Now, for today's episode, if you notice the title, I'm not sure. Sometimes I listen to podcasts and I don't even look at the title of the episode. Today's episode is about holiness. Many Catholics have heard the phrase universal call to holiness. It's okay if you haven't, because we're going to talk about that a little bit today. It's become popularized in the years following the Second Vatican Council. However, this is not a new belief in Catholicism. This belief that all of us are called to be holy has been around since the beginning. But because it's so old, you know, a lot of things that are very old, they have a lot of time and a lot of history behind them to get twisted in the minds of society because it has all of that time to collect baggage and false interpretations. So I'm going to say something right now that might sound a little bit provocative here. Are you ready? Okay. I kind of felt like a cheerleader there. Are you ready? Okay. Anyways, most people have a belief about what holiness is. However, a lot of times, most times, that belief that they hold excludes themselves. I don't know if that's you, but I know sometimes it's me. I will look at my favorite saints because saints are holy. You know what I mean? I will look at my favorite saints and even on their worst day, I think that they are 10 times more better than me when it comes to this holiness thing. Generally speaking, people see holiness as something reserved for other people who live radically different lives from the rest of society. People like monks, nuns, priests, and other religious because, you know, if you're really serious about being holy, you're gonna join a religious order. You know what I mean? And sometimes, in a weird way, children and the elderly kind of get included into this category. Think about that little old lady or gentleman in the back of the church after daily mass every day, you know, praying the rosary silently to themselves. Like they kind of get grouped into that category of like extra special people that can become holy. 
I also have found that it is believed that holy people do things like feeding the poor and clothing the naked or other corporal and spiritual works of mercy that all of us are supposed to be doing to some degree. But see, for them, they're on some St. Mother Teresa type stuff, you know, like they're on that level because you have to go big or it doesn't count in order to be holy, okay? (laughs) And also characteristics that are typically conjured in the imagination about holy people, those are things like innocence and naivete even, and having a quiet and a gentle disposition Or maybe just even being like upbeat and having like a sanguine personality, right? Because if you're moody, you cannot be holy. (laughs) But if my sarcasm did not give me away, let me tell you, I think that these notions are ridiculous. But more importantly, they worry me. Because like I said, most people have a belief of what holiness is. And whatever that belief that they hold is, they don't fit into their own idea of holiness. That is the enemy at work. Because I know and I believe that everyone is called to be holy, no matter your age, your station in life, no matter, you know, how involved or removed you are from from society. Everyone is called to be holy. And there is a very important reason for that. St. Paul says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Because, pay attention to this, okay, because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. He wrote that in his letter to the Hebrews, by the way, if you're curious. You have been called to be holy because you need to be holy in order to see the Lord and spend eternity with him, right? And you can be holy because God has made it so. And that's why today I want to talk about holiness. I want to talk about what it means, right? So we can know how to live it out practically today. And in order to do that, I'm going to take a little bit of a history trip Let's find out exactly what it means to be holy because I want you to go get some of that because I want to get some of that too. Okay, so we're going to go back to our Jewish roots really quick and do a little word study. The word kadash is the Hebrew word used for holy. It literally means to be separate or to be set apart. Now think about God's people, his chosen people, his holy people. They lived separate and apart from other cultures. When you read the Old Testament, you will notice that. Now, in a way, it kind of makes me think of a religious quarantine, but there was a lot more to it than that. They weren't being set apart to avoid something. They were being set apart for something. And we'll get to that a little bit later. Now, way back in the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 2, When the word kadash is used, God, he says this. He says, be holy for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. Now, that doesn't seem like much for us to go on. Okay, be holy because God is holy. All right, but there's really no like deep instruction there. But wait, you and I are modern day Christians, so we can look at this in the light of Christ. Make it a little bit easier for ourselves. That command in Leviticus to be holy like the Lord, your God, is holy sounds awfully familiar. It is quite similar to a command that Jesus gives us in the New Testament. Jesus says, be perfect like your heavenly father is perfect. This is in Matthew 5. Are you seeing the similarities here? Are you thinking about the fact that there is possibly a connection between holiness and perfection? Well, if that's you, you betcha you're right. And Jesus is about to explain what perfection means in this little section of scripture 
And in doing so, what he's also going to do is he is going to tell us what it means to be holy and how to do it in our day-to-day lives. Go figure, right? This verse from Matthew, it's from one of the sections of the Sermon on the Mount. And remember in the Sermon on the Mount, there's a bunch of different sections on different topics that Jesus covers. Now, this section might blow your mind. This command comes from the section about loving your enemies. I know, I know. I'm going to read this section to you while you contemplate what the heck that is going to mean for the rest of your life, for your daily life, now that you know this truth. Okay, so starting on verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you salute only your brethren, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Talk about a reality check. Remember, you know that God is perfect, that God is holy, and that God is love. Now, because he is love, that is all that he knows how to do, is love. Jesus says he loves the sinner and the saint, right? There's no difference in his treatment of them. There's just love because that's all he knows how to do because that's all that he is. And that verse that I just read where we read, For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. This is what it means to be perfect. This is what it means to be holy. Even in Leviticus 19, where God said to be holy like he himself was, in verse 2, a couple verses later, down in verse 17, he's basically saying to love your enemies. Going back to the Hebrew word kadash, to be separate or to be set apart, remember I said that we are called to be set apart for something, not to avoid something, okay? We are being called to be set apart for love, specifically for loving our enemies, because loving our friends and our family, that's easy. That's a given. And I get it. Trust me. I remember reading this and even preparing this (laughs) for you. And I was like, oh, I feel like I just got a kick in the pants. Because loving your enemies is really hard, but that's what makes it holy. That's what makes you holy. And if you're like me, you can be triggered all the freaking time, you know, either if it's on the road, in person, online, you know, sometimes by strangers and even by people that I know, they will do things or they will say things. And I'll have that internal, you know, head swirl moment and be like, oh no, they didn't. Because if you've been listening for quite a while to this podcast, you've probably heard me allude to the fact that before Jesus, I was a totally different person. You know, if someone was being disrespectful to me, I was really, really quick to retaliate and put them back in their place. I answered their violence with violence. Now today, I still don't take anybody's disrespect, but I handle it in a way different manner. Now, When I'm in those moments when it would be so much easier and even temporarily satisfying to react without love, I stop myself and I let my spirit groan within me, you know, and I groan about it to the Lord and I do my best to turn it over to him and to die to love so that I can love. 
And what do I mean when I say I die to love? I mean, I pick up my cross, metaphorically, you know, because the cross is the ultimate display of love in all of history. And the way of perfection passes by way of the cross. There is no holiness without renunciation and a spiritual battle. And that spiritual battle, that starts in your heart. And I know that sounds cheesy, but you have to suit up and you have to join the spiritual battle. And you do that by loving your enemies. And when you're loving your enemies, you're carrying your cross with the Lord. And trust me, I need Jesus to carry that cross with me. I encounter my fair share of people doing some really sucky things who, to give insult to injury, seem to get away with it, you know, because people are broken, they're wounded, they're sinners, but so am I, and so are you. And just because we do not sin the same way, it doesn't mean that either of us is any better than the other. What it shows is that we're all sinners, right? And because we're all sinners, we are all going to struggle. We're all going to struggle with loving our enemies. But you and I are not in this spiritual battle alone. And I know this because God reminds me all the time because in prayer, I'll be like, Lord, I am doing my best when it comes to loving this person. They are driving me crazy. And this is, I'm doing the best that I can. But he will school me like he always does. And even though he's giving me those hard life lessons, he does it so lovingly. He'll be like, Rochelle, I know that you are. I know you're doing the best, you know, you're doing this to the best of your abilities. But what about the best of my abilities? And I'll be like, oh, burn, you know, like he totally got me. And I'll like hang my head and I'm like, man, I should have known that. Because what he's basically telling me is what we read in the Gospels, you know, when Christ says, come to me, all who are labored and heavy laden, right? He's there to help us carry our cross. He's there to help us love our enemies, which is what he wants so badly for us because he wants us to be holy. And it's of the utmost importance that we do learn to be holy because remember, like St. Paul said, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And I don't want that for myself or for you. And I know that the Lord does not want that for me or for you. So we have to rely on him so that we can love our enemies, so that we can be holy. And now we have that formula. We know that in order to be holy, we have to learn how to love our enemies because holiness is being set apart to love our enemies, right? We got the formula. We know what we have to do. We know Jesus is there for us to rely on him so that he can help us do that. We should be good to go. That sounds super easy. If you find a way to live that out in a very, very easy way, let me know because I know I'm going to struggle with this every day for the rest of my life. But that is the beauty of being holy. That is the beauty of growing in love. And I'm okay with that for now. Okay, before next week, before next week's episode, make sure that you sign up for the weekly email if you are not already on the list. There's a link down in the show notes. I should have said that earlier on. I didn't. But down in the show notes, there's a link. And there's also a link down there for you to become a patron if you want to. Or you guys can just head over to clumsytheosis.net. All of it's there, but it's also down in your show notes. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Clumsy Theosis. And just follow along until I feel like I'm being called to get back on that social wagon. All right. Until next week, peace out. 
Thank you for tuning in to Clumsy Theosis. I'm so happy that you've been able to hang out. If you want to learn more about Clumsy Theosis, you are more than welcome to visit my website, clumsytheosis.net. From clumsytheosis.net, you will also be able to contact me if you're interested in booking me as a speaker or if you're just feeling generous and you'd like to make a donation. Remember that together we can transform the world by letting the Lord transform us. 